0: What is going on, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Respect the Game podcast. My name is Edward, named after, named after, raised by three Trello G's, my mama, my grandmother, and my OG, my pops. Please make sure you follow at Stats for all your up-to-date high school, collegiate, and pro sports coverage. We're not disappoint. We'll keep you up-to-date on all that's going on in this world of sports and much, much more. As always, you can also call me AKA Nathan, you on the podcast because I am Nathan without my brother and uh, not at full strength. Normally I kick the shine hard Izzo. He's likely to be out tonight, but make sure you go follow him at shine hard Izzo. Uh, there's no other way to shine but hard. So yeah, make sure you follow shine hard Izzo and these are the rest of my brothers.
1: Yo, it is the one and only the host of the most that blows the most smoke, Black Peace, the rap plug, the hip hop plug. You already know. Uh be sure to go check out my own uh personal podcast, Talking Smoke. You can catch it on Apple Podcasts,
2: Spotify, really anywhere you get your dope ass podcast from. where you can find me at man. Peace. Shout out to our brother Sean Hart Izzo, uh Hood Excellence. uh, uh he's not with us right now. Hopefully he uh comes in a little later. Uh, well, I am Coach Johnson. Uh, I am the husband of Jordan. I'm the father of Harper and Deuce. Uh, tonight, I am bringing all the controversy. Uh, so uh, be prepared. And uh, if you don't want to get your feelings hurt, you can go ahead and skip skip over the next segment. Go ahead, Sedacious.
3: Good afternoon, beautiful people. I am the one and only Sedacious Xavier Miles. And on behalf of me and my brothers, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. You can go follow me at Sedacious, also at International Live. And you can now follow the podcast at Respect the Game Podcast or Respect the Game Pod, whichever way we're going to pull up. So search us anywhere you want. It, and, you that way, is, and that is currently only on Instagram,
0: but we're going to move to Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, uh, so on and so forth. All Branch out. Oh, also, too, also, too. Also, to Remember, uh, for those who like to watch the podcast visually, you can catch us not only on YouTube but as well as on Spotify. So, uh, so yeah, man. Before we dig into this week's episode, I just want to, I guess, shout out or dedicate this episode to the homies back in Houston, back in the hood, Riverwood, Homestead, uh, Marshall's Block, man. So still being, I guess you could say babies are only like a, a year and some change into the game of the podcast and kind of just got our heads down steady constantly working and sometimes the outreach or like our posts or our views isn't our impact so to speak or who, are, who sees all that we have going on It's not always heavily shown in numbers and views as we're still, you know, slow, on a slow grind, but the homies that I ran into back in the hood last week in Houston, that was just genuine love. It wasn't course or, or anything like that. Just genuinely like, yo, bro, we watch the podcast. We like what y'all boys doing. Y'all funny. Y'all really be getting into it. Y'all controversial. Like, y'all crazy. Y'all be having me cracking up. Like, I really listen to the podcast. So I appreciate that love. My dog, Elijah. My brother, Shorty. Shout out to my boy, Trey. Big Boy and Dylan, Buddy Love, uh, Jaren. Like, truly do not take y'all boys listening to the podcast for granted. And I know we say that every week. I know we say that every week. But I I sincerely do not take it for granted. It's not like I get to talk to y'all all all the time, but to just know from afar that we being consistent and y'all chilling on 2K on Madden or whatever you got going on throughout your day. You pulling up and you checking out the podcast on social media, YouTube, so on and so forth. I genuinely appreciate that. And sometimes for people who on whatever perspective grind, you could feel like, oh, the world not watching me or I'm not getting recognition from the masses. But to be able to get love and support from like those or closer to you or that you've been able to grow with, I definitely don't take that for granted in no way, shape or form. So triple salute to y'all boys again, man. Thank y'all for watching the podcast. I dedicate this podcast to y'all. Um, <laughs> I hope I hope it's controversial enough for those controversial takes y'all had when we was uh in the driveway of talking sports and talking about the podcast. Um, so yeah, man, this this part this episode is for y'all, man. This episode is for y'all. Appreciate you, troll. So, uh, getting to the latest in the NFL, so shooting a podcast on a Tuesday as we normally do and news broke today that Brian Flores, former head coach for the Miami Dolphins, has filed a class action lawsuit versus the Giant against the Giants, the Broncos and the Dolphins, claiming racism within their hiring process. So um, there's a lot to unpack here but what I will say, just to start us off, for everybody who may not be up on how, what led him to actually filing this lawsuit, is that he was texted, Brian Forres was texted by Bill Belichick in a text message saying, paraphrasing, hey, looks like things are looking up for you. Congratulations! I hope everything works out. If you want it to work out, possibly, potentially with the Giants, that's what I'm hearing. That's, you know, in Lyman's terms, that's what Bill Belichick is telling, texting to Brian Flores. So Brian Flores is like, "Oh, okay. I interview with that. I got an interview with them coming up. I appreciate the heads up on that. Cool. Bet. I mean, if that's what you're hearing, hey, like, I like to hear that too. Hey, it sounds like good news. And this is all via text." So Brian Flores, out of curiosity, texts back to Bill Belichick and says, Hey coach, just for clarification, like, are you intending to actually text Brian Flores, that being me, or is this text possibly meant for Brian Dayball? Bill Belichick's then, Bill Belichick then texts back to Brian Flores saying, I know we're trying to start cursing but insert cursor here bill belichick's quoted words oh man i fucked up i'm sorry about that uh yeah my bad so sorry i didn't mean i didn't mean to take that to you i got i guess he has two brians in his phone and he got brian flores confused with brian Dayball. so that's how that happened shortly thereafter uh here today on tuesday again like i said you have Brian Flores, former head coach for the Miami Dolphins, filing a class action lawsuit, claiming that there is racism within the hiring process. And again, this class action lawsuit is against the New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, that's just to start us off for a base. We can un- unpack it as, we, as the conversation uh, proceeds. I see controversy on someone's face. <laughs>
2: All right, I guess I'll go first. Let's start off with the fireworks. Um, okay. Uh, for, for those who know, uh, for the past couple of years, I have been singing Brian Flores' praises. Uh, I, as a coach of the game, I think that Brian Flores is one of the best coaches of football uh, in the world. I think that he is definitely uh, definitely one of the best 32 uh coach of football in the world. He belongs as, as a head coach inside the NFL. I think he proved that with the Dolphins, uh, who had a terrible team um, when he first got there. Uh, they he started off terribly, but ended off strong his first year um, and uh, almost made the playoffs two years in a row, uh, even with uh, mediocre quarterback play, mediocre offensive line play. They've always had a top defense, which is his specialty. Um, uh, when it comes to this lawsuit, uh, one thing that I do respect from uh, Brian Flores is that he said that, hey, uh, this may hurt his chances of uh, uh, being able to coach in the league ever again. Uh, and so he uh, understands the consequences uh, that, uh, that will be associated with suing the NFL, right? Uh, so I do respect that. Outside of that, I think that Brian Flores is suffering from a legitimate mental flaw when it comes to uh, representation that has been inside the American psyche since 1964. In 1964, 1964 Civil Rights Act, the idea was inserted inside the American psyche of disparate impact, okay. disparate impact. What that means is that uh, we can look and try to judge a situation, and this was mostly intended in hiring practices. But we can look at and judge the situation and say, "Hey, there may be discrimination in this situation if uh, a protected class of people are adversely affected by whatever the process is that is going on, right?" So you have, uh, you know, a bunch of managers who are getting ready to hire, hire people and they have a particular process. And after rounds and rounds and rounds, uh, people getting hired, they look at a protected class of people, whether it be uh, minorities, women, gays, whoever, right? And they say, hey, look, not enough of these people, they're a, a disproportionately low number of these people are being hired. Uh, there must be something wrong with the process in my opinion, this is the worst thing that has, not the worst, this is one of the worst things uh, that has uh, ever come out of uh, Congress, one of the worst ideas that have ever been pushed in America, right? Because it now teaches us to always look for the flaw in the process and say, hey, there must be a flaw in the process uh, because we're not doing well, right? Wherever our group is, no matter if it's and hiring, no matter if it's in SATs, no matter what it is. Oh, it's not enough of us? There must be something wrong with the process. So the NFL goes and they try to fix the process. They try to fix the process by adding in the ruling rule. In 2000, between 2000 and 2002, I don't know exactly, 2003, okay, 2003, right? They, uh, they uh, put the ruling rule in, right, to try to, uh, try to make this process a little bit better by saying, hey, you know what, maybe not enough uh, black coaches are getting the opportunity because they just aren't uh, getting put in front of the decision makers, right? So if we put them in front of the decision makers, right, we know that they're talented enough. If uh, enough people saw them, then they would make the decision to put them in as head coaches, right? Uh, They tried that. Some 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 of that works, right? One of the first Rooney Rule hires was Mike Tomlin, uh, uh, who uh, the Steelers had their guy at the time that he came to uh, to uh, to interview with them. And they were like, "Wait a second, no, we got to hire this guy, right?" And so, uh, you know, ironically, uh, you know uh, the Rooney Rule, I named after Art Rooney, who uh, uh, was one of the previous owners of the uh, Steelers. Uh, they were the uh, first one to hire, right, and it has worked out well, right? Hall of Fame coach, uh, and so uh, you, you you have that there. But uh, I think for Brian Flores and anybody else, every year we have this discussion. Oh, not a black coach, not of black coaches, right? There could be reasons beyond race, right? Correlation is not always causation uh, because there's a correlation, that, hey. Uh, you know, the coaches who who get passed over happen to be the black coaches. There could be another reason other than, hey, they're the black coaches, right? And because of the idea of disparate impact, which has been inside the American consciousness since 1964, uh, uh, we do not allow ourselves to look at anything else. And we continue to point and say, oh, systemic racism, systemic racism, systemic racism, we need change. We want change, we need change. We will never be satisfied because we won't look at what are the other factors that may uh, maybe maybe may at play here, right? So I know, hey, here's Christian, the 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 house coon, coming to uh you know give his peace, right? Yes, I'm here. Uh, so there we go. You
0: know, bro, I don't even think.
2: You have to
0: categorize yourself as a cone with how you feel about the situation. I think that for me looking at the situation, I do sometimes feel like it's not always racism. However, I do understand we as a black community have to fight for hours, whatever that hours may be in whatever particular field. And as it relates to the NFL and coaching jobs, as opposed to standing. I mean, and when you talk about the Rooney Rule and that being a white a white man in the Steelers organization, I want to say maybe the owner I could be wrong about that, um, who implemented this system, and then therefore uh, it helped somebody like Mike Tomlin. And so now how many times is a black coach going to go before an, an owner? And that owner already has his mind made up. And that owner interviews that black head coach. And it's like, no, we want you instead. How many times is that going to happen? I don't know. But the Rooney Rule isn't just about the black coaches. It's, you know, you're a minority. you you know, Ron Rivera's and so on and so forth. Um, So I think... Like you said, respect to Brian Flores. He's saying, "Hey, I know this may put a stain on me, and I may not be able to get the opportunities that I once had because of this." But he wants to see change in the future. I don't, I don't really see, I don't see a solution around the Rooney Rule. Like I get it. Like let's just give a give us a chance, give us a shot, put a, put somebody in their face. But I don't see a solution outside of, like, how can you definitively decide whether or not, you know, this is racism involved. They didn't want to hire me because I was black. Like, whereas, hey, if for Brian, Brian Flores, right, let's say they had already made up their mind. They wanted to hire you before you even got interviewed mm-hmm. would that not still be like, a, like wrongdoing or not tr- treating everybody else fairly who came before you or after you like would you de- would you have a problem with that if they had already made up their mind they-, they wanted you before they interviewed you you know what i'm saying um so um i think i feel like also too with the class action suit i don't know how but i feel like it's going to make people like i was saying it's going to make people or organizations more apprehensive to be like do they want to hire a black coach? Whether or not he they deem him good enough for his record is da 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 da, but for Brian Flores specifically in his case, him feeling like yo this is about racism. Um, first season five and eleven with the Dolphins. Second season ten and six. Third season this past season start off one and seven, finish eight and seven. Within that you have a seven game winning streak. Uh, Mr. the playoffs, uh, all three of those years, and. Here's his reasoning, right? Can you definitively say whether or not this is racism? Who knows? But this is his reasoning behind feeling like that's the case regarding him. So, again, the the lawsuit is against the Dolphins, Giants, and Denver. Uh, Starting with the Dolphins. Reason they're receiving this, a part of this lawsuit. Owner Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 for every loss in an effort to tank for the number one pick in 2019. Um, it was told to Flores by the general manager, Chris Greer, that the owner was mad because of his winning success was compromising the Dolphins draft pick. Maybe you're not. There's friction. There may be friction between... Yeah, just, friction. Real,
2: just, just real quick. Just real, real quick. Yeah, whatever. Let's finish. Just think about that, though. Uh, I know I know he might be mad at that. A lot of football people might be, might be mad at that statement, right? But them winning... Uh, was the difference between Joe Burrow being in Cincinnati and Tua being in Miami. That's the difference. Those five games they won is the difference between Joe Burrow and Tua. So I just want to, you know, I know everyone hates tanking, and I didn't even get on why I thought he got fired, uh, which, you know, you go on here, but yeah, I'm just saying. So go ahead. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, that's, that's the situation with the Dolphins. Then with the Giants, we just talked about, they had, it, it came across through the Bill Belichick tags that they had already predetermined they was going to hire Brian Dayball before they even interviewed Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the case with the Giants. Now with Denver, 2019, he had a job interview. And uh, in the in the court documents, John Elway and President Joe Ellis showed up an hour late to the interview and appeared to be have appear to be drunk or drinking, so there. That's why they're also included in that. Um, so, you, you add up all of that. You add up all of that, and there may be other things not listed. Maybe other things that may come out in the future. Um, but collectively, as of now, I just a, lack of respect. Respect.
1: I just a lack of respect. I a lack of respect in all the statements that you said. Um, I think it's more respect than racism. Um, a respect as a equal head coach. Uh, you don't tell a head coach to tank, even though that is a thing. Uh, one that wants to be a winner and sees that he can actually make some out the team, you don't tell him to tank. You know what I'm saying? And especially when you do a seven-game winning streak, like, it's respect. Like, dude, I got you a seven-game winning streak. I'm showing you I can be that guy even with nothing, even with a mediocre to okay quarterback and, you know, with the team that we have. So, you know, Matt, and then just like you said, with the Denver interview, you come in drunk, that's some respect on my name. You know, I'm that guy, I'm that guy you want. But like you come in here an hour late, you're drunk, which, you know, which is very possible, you know, he's, in, he is a, he's an adult, he can do what they want. But when you go to a meeting and you're obviously drunk and you're still on your breath and you're doing certain things to, you know, come off a certain way, it's insulting. You know, it's like someone going to a job interview and, the boss that first hired you comes in an hour late and they got liquor on their breath, how you gonna feel? Are you gonna feel like this establishment where you feel respected, you're gonna feel welcome? Are you gonna feel like this is a garbage can place that doesn't even respect me enough to come sober and give me, you know, respect my time? So I think it's more about thing than actual racism. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I, uh, oh, go ahead, Sedeson, go ahead, Sedeson.
2: I don't
3: know, for me, it's kind of hard to call to say that it was racism or it's not racism because I mean you got you got three examples. So you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And yeah, I mean he feels how he feels
0: I don't know if I would be taking I don't know if I would be taking what you were saying, Christian, but like if we just talking about the dolphin situation specifically. The owner could have been pissed off if he was a white coach and he decided not to tank. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and real quick, I'll say this I don't know if just based off like legality, he has to use like discrimination or, <laughs> or whatever like legal jargon. So, I don't know if he feels like it's genuine discrimination. Well, in some of his quotes, he was, he's said, you know, blacks or whatever. Um, but yeah. Also, too, uh, he's also being represented by the lawyers of the victims in the uh, Weinstein case, too. Um, for
2: more,
3: dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the,
2: the the Dolphin situation. Uh, I told I told this to my dad uh, after after Brian Flores got fired. I was like, I was like, I was like, look, if I was Chris, Greer, I would have fired him as well. The thing is, the uh, and again, I just say I started off the episode. Brian Flores is definitely one of the best thirty-two coaches of football in the world. He should be an NFL head coach. If I was running, if I was the GM of the Dolphins, and I would, I would, I, I have the same philosophy that that uh, that uh, uh, Chris Greer has, right? I'm an analytics guy, right? Hey, we do whatever the data tells us, right? Flores is not that. You can't have it's like having like having a two-headed uh a two-headed monster, right? Uh, you you got to have one vision of how we're gonna get this done, how we're gonna get this thing done, right? If Flores was an analytics guy, he would have been like, okay, hey, I, I get the tanking. You guys are paying me to tank. I understand it. Uh, as long as we understand that, hey, we're doing this together as a unit, right? Uh, and he would have understood it and said, hey, we're doing this for a particular reason. Uh, this and this he would understood it right uh there's in-game decision making that he does not make that analytics say hey do the do these things do these do you know x y and z he doesn't do that because he goes with his gut he, he has a, a football field i get it right but because of that he and Chris Greer were never going to see eye to eye right and Stephen Ross who who put in an analytics department before Chris Greer got there um obviously believes in this stuff and Brian Flores didn't so that's the reason why he's out in Miami, right? It has nothing to do with his race, okay? Um, if he if he had the same mind as a lot of black GMs right now, right? Like Andrew Barry, uh, like uh, uh, Questy, I can't say his last name, uh, who uh, the new GM in uh, in uh, Minnesota, right? There are a lot of black people in the NFL who are analytics bound, right? Brian Flores is having to not be one of them, right? And so when you get a GM who is like, hey, I'm going by the data, whatever the data says, you you have a head coach that's not that, then, then you get, you know, you're going to get friction on, on and off the field. And so, yeah, that there. So I wouldn't count that as, as uh, uh, you know, even evidence of racism there. Um, but, you know, but again, you have, you have, let's, I don't, I don't know, you know, hey, he claims uh, what happened with John Elway, you know, may have happened. Uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if it did. To me, the Rooney rule, uh, though it's a good attempt at trying to fix what's a perceived problem, it lends itself to that. Right? When when uh when John Gruden got hired for the for the Raiders, they interviewed T Martin, who was the quarterback coach at USC. Wasn't even off as a coordinator. T Martin, the old uh, Tennessee uh, quarterback, won the national championship in like 2001. Um, they interviewed him for the head coaching job for the Raiders. He wasn't getting that. They already knew who they wanted. So you have the rule in place, you're gonna get a bunch of these fake interviews. So you know, I, I discussed that earlier with you guys uh, about uh, you know Byron Leftwich and Adrian Wilson uh, and what could be happening with the Jags. And, You know, they seem like they're going in a whole other different direction right now. But uh, you know, I don't know. I think I I would be happy if they just got rid of the running rule. You wouldn't have a bunch of these fake interviews. People just go yeah. over the and
1: just have
2: to deal with the, with the uh, you know repercussions of it.
0: I say, I, I'd say keep it just off down the road, you have another Mike Tomlin to come down the road, but neither here or there. there. Uh, it's, real,
2: it's real quick before we leave on this, Edward. If we, okay, how many, how many Mike Tomlins, you know, are we going to get? So what, what's the cost to get, to get the Mike Tomlin, right? Because right now we're going on almost 20 years, right? So what's the cost? What I'm saying is every every NFL vacancy, there's like seven to eight vacancies every year, right? So say we go eight. So every year you have sixteen bogus interviews, because you have to do at least two. Sixteen bogus interviews for the for these blackhead coaches to so waste their time, their effort. They got to go over and prepare for these things. They got to fly out, take time away from their family so that we can get one Mike Tomlin.
0: I'd say this. It's not just—I could be wrong, but it's not just black coaches who go through bogus interviews.
2: It's not just black coaches that go through bogus interviews. Uh, but the 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 Rooney the Rooney Rule itself lends lends it. it
0: I, lends I, under, to- I understand. I understand what you're saying. It's just like, hey, y- y'all put the Rooney Rule in place, like you said, with good intentions. But on the backside of that, you can't expect the people interviewing you to have good intentions to possibly hire you. That's just the nature of the business. Even in the real world, you can go on an interview. That doesn't mean you're guaranteed. Yes, we want to feel like we have a legitimate chance. But like, yo, this is the NFL. This is the NFL. Like, not everybody's guaranteed an opportunity. Like, it's, it's a buddy system. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Like, there are handshakes and dinners and da-da-da-da-da-da and golf course meetings and whatever, so on and so forth, that goes in place. Yeah. is it's it unfortunate that every Black coach that gets interviewed isn't truly considered? Yes, it's unfortunate, but it's, is it fair? No, but that's the world. That's the life we live in. Sometimes life just isn't fair. Do I wish that we could have those opportunities as Blacks? Sure, of course, but I mean, like, this is what the running rule brings, like,
2: it is. It is. And then, and then, uh, another person who had, a, who we know for a fact had a fake interview. Uh, this coaching cycle, who's not black, was Rich Versace. Rich Versace had a fake interview for the for the Raiders head coaching job. Right? They knew who they wanted. Right? They're getting uh, Josh McDaniels. They already knew who they wanted. Uh, he knew that they wanted him. They knew they wanted him. That's the only reason he even went there. And uh, you know the fans just would have been, you know, irate if they didn't hire Rick, or they didn't at least interview Rick, Rick Passaccia. So, you know, yeah, sure. It happens to, to other people, not just black head coaches or not just black head coach candidates. Uh, but having this rule itself where where you're forcing teams, hey, you can't hire somebody until you do this. You're going to get a bunch of these fake ones. Okay, hey, let's go in for five minutes real quick. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, would you like to be the coach? Okay, all right, all right see you.
0: Yeah, uh, I could be wrong. I think think those interviews are like, I don't know, oversaw or transcribed, but I don't know. I could be wrong about that. Uh, Wrapping it up, quote by Brian Flores after the uh, class action lawsuit today, again, against the Giants, Broncos, and Dolphins. God has gifted me with a special talent to coach the game of football, but the need for change is bigger than my personal goals and making, making the decision to file the class action complaint, I understand that I may be risking coaching the game I love and has done so much for my family and me. My sincere hope is that by standing up against system systemic racism in the NFL, others will join me to ensure that positive change is made for generations to come." End quote. Um, yeah, uh, so far outside of the Giants, Outside of the Giants, he has interviewed, Brian Flores his interview with the Bears and the Texans. And as of right now, today, February 1st, the Texans, Jaguars, Dolphins, and Vikings uh, head coaching uh, positions are available. So let's see, see what happens. And, and also too, Mike Thomas is currently the only uh, Black head coach in the league as it stands right now at this present moment in time. Um, yeah. Brian
3: Flores, he coach. blackballed. He's getting blackballed. Blackballed.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's, that's what I say.
2: Hey, I, hey I, speaking, I, of, speaking of a black coach, I don't know why Danico Ryan took his name out of the running. Uh, Yo, all
0: right, here. Let's go here. Let's go here, right? So I don't. I, That's news to me, Christian. Why he took his name out the running, but I also I, this is what I was thinking. I don't know how much head coaches get paid. I don't know if it's just every coach feels like he can be a head coach, but is there a conversation to be had that not every head coaching job out there is like a perfect head coaching job?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Texans job for one. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of or shoot the Jags, you know, um, uh, there, there's probably a, there's probably some folks right now who there, there's a chance that, that Byron Lefferts does not get the Jaguars uh, job, right? And um, and uh, the only reason why is they they were set to hire him, they were ready to hire uh, Leftwich. Only reason why he was like, hey, look, I'm not coming in, f- in here if Trent Baalke's a GM. I need to get my people in here, right? I, so, I want to, and and I'm I'm not mad at Byron because. Hey, you know, uh, yeah, sure. You 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 get an opportunity. You're a hot name right now. Uh, you're the team who drafted you uh, wants you to come coach them. This is going to be a great thing for you. You have a quarter, a generational quarterback that you can work with. That you can build them up. Uh, you have a lot of cap space and everything there. Uh, but it all needs to be, it all needs to be uh, put together so that you don't end up like Brian Forrest, So 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 that you're not like. Hey, David thing, and DM wants to do another thing. We're a two-headed monster. We can't see yes, out of So I get that on, on Byron's part. Right. I get that on Byron's part. And so not, for, for different coaches, though, you can go into a situation and say, hey, this is not the right situation. So yeah.
0: Right. And 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 I and so right. Like so like I said, again, Texans, Jaguars, Dolphins, and Vikings, those are the available positions right now, right? Uh, Brian Brian Lefwich, Brian Flores, David Cudley. Uh, I think you said another black coach, but I forget. D'Amico Ryan. Uh, Ryan, people may mm-hmm. try to throw Eric B. Enemy back in there, right? Like, if it goes and these guys don't get a head coaching job, right? Well, there will be
1: outrage. And
0: black people, why are these black head coaches and 70% of the league is black and it's not that way with the head coach? It doesn't. Like, Let's take a second to stop and think about what if none of those jobs, what if none of those head coaching positions were really in favor- favorable odds for those black coaches to start off? Because what's going to happen is you're going to push and push and push for them to just to have a head coaching job, and they're going to end up taking one just to say they got one. And then when they have a crappy team, then they look bad. And there goes their, there, there goes their chance that had they just waited and been patient mm-hmm. and waited for a better position or better opportunity to come along, they could have been in a more, as Isaac would say, advantageous position to wreak havoc or build up, build up their build up their program. So mm-hmm. yeah, just just think about not every opportunity out there is like a great opportunity uh for black head coaches. Um Yeah, and and if Brian we said hell no, Balky is there. Kudos and triple salute to him for that. Uh, So yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Brady is uh, retired officially. Uh, I know it's like okay, he retired. Like, what do you want us to say? He's the goat. Yeah, what'd he do? Uh, But I, I, I will say, what is there? What can be said about Tom Brady that hasn't already been said? Does anything come to your mind you all think? What can be said about Brady that hasn't already been said? He's lucky.
3: He's lucky? Any, any others? That's it. That's the only thing people would not say about Tom Brady. He's the ultimate opportunist.
1: You give him any kind of breathing space, he
2: always capitalizes. There we go. I, I like that. I like that. I like that better than him just being lucky. Like the ultimate opportunity. <laughs> That's the truth, though.
1: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, that but it's just that the is,
2: truth. Like, that,
1: that you is give true. him anything to think about to work with,
2: he's gonna make it
1: happen.
2: Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Hall of Fame resume: fifteen-time Pro Bowl selection, three-time first-team All-Pro, three-time NFL MVP seven-time Super Bowl champ, 10 Super Bowl appearances, two-time AP Offensive Player of the Year, five-time Super Bowl MVP, most passing touchdowns in NFL history, 624 most passing yards in NFL history, 84,520 most career wins, 243 NFL All-Decade teams of the 2000s and 2010s. Uh, I think for... Tom Brady, as of now, as he retires, there's no debate on who's the greatest, not just football player, not just quarterback, but football player of all time, that being Tom Brady. Um, and you think about different sports, it's like, oh, LeBron, I'm all Jordan, all oh, Kobe, or, you know, I'm all Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, or Patrick Mahomes, and so on and so forth. And... I know people may say it's not up for debate as regarding to great, but one of the things that I've been thinking about, just in terms of like how can you scope the definition of greatness within the sports world, right? Um, and uh, and do it in a way where you don't have to take away from someone else's greatness by comparing players. And as I've been thinking about it, I think. The best way to scope what greatness is in the sports world is can the game be told without you? You can't talk about the NBA without talking about Jordan. You can't talk about the NBA without talking about Kobe. You can't talk about the NBA without talking about LeBron. You can't talk about the NBA without talking about Steph. Like, that's like those those marks of greatness. Can't talk about the NFL, of course, without talking about Tom Brady, yeah. um, and so I think I think that's how you could go about measuring or categorizing or labeling what greatness is within a sport without having it to be a combative like comparing one to the other. Um, so yeah, whatever perspective field you may be in, try to try your damnedest to make sure the story of whatever that field of sport is, that story can't be told about, can't be talked about without your name being mentioned. And uh, that's what I'm on the pursuit of. And I give credit to that way of thinking. Guys like Thomas, Edward, Patrick, Brady, Floyd money, man. You can't talk about boxing without talking about Floyd. And like I said, you can't talk about the NBA without talking about COVID. So yeah, man. Yeah, salute to Tom. Uh, oh, wow. definitely would have loved to see him retire with the Super Bowl. But, hey, man, uh, he's won a lot. He's, he's won enough. He's won enough, man. Salute to Tom. You man. really
3: wanted to see that?
2: I'll say it based on you wanted to see You wanted to see him raise it one more time and then go out?
1: Of course.
0: Who wouldn't want that story? But then- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going <laughs> to
1: tell you for sure, based on everything not- you just said, the accolades, the stats, everything. He is honestly in the golden book of the greatest athletes. Because I said that surpasses the genre. It, it is at the point of just the whole category of sports. He is the greatest sportsman to do it at this point. He's in that book. He's in that small category. Bill Russell, uh, Michael Jordan, you know, Tom Brady. So, you know, for at least for me, for me Black Peace, salute to uh, Tom Brady. TB TB twelve, is what I, what I like to call it. So uh, I know uh, this past season I've been going against them. Uh, it's not more against him; it's more against the team. <laughs> so uh, yeah, respect to uh, TB twelve. Right
0: on, man. Right on. Uh, so up until up until Sunday, the only person Patrick Mahomes had lost to in the Super Bowl, oh, in the playoffs rather, was Tom Brady. Uh, but that has changed because he has now lost to the Cincinnati Bengals and Joey Crack. Uh that being Joe Burrow. for uh, some we may not know. Uh, what a horrific episode for Sean Hart Izzo to miss. I think this is by far the most worst time for him to miss the episode this week. Um, I, I'll start off like this, right? So last week we was talking about the Chiefs. Um, Christian and I remember our conversation being you were saying like hey let's not act like they don't be having some trash halves of football and I was just like well, they can have all the trash halves they want if don't nobody capitalize off them being trash in particular halves like it ain't gonna matter Um, yeah man so why did the Chiefs lose this game did the, Chiefs lose, did the Chiefs lose this game or did the Bengals just, you know? Oh, and let me say this too. When we was making our picks last week, I got off the episode and when I started editing, I was just like, dang, I don't really feel like we, like, gave a lot of credence or put no respect on right. the Bengals name, so to speak. And I was just like, dang, should I just, like, pick the Bengals because, like, they just being disrespected right now? And as I thought about it, I don't feel like, at least me personally, I don't feel like I and as collectively on the part. I don't think we were disrespecting the Bills or not trying to put no respect on their name. I just think, obviously, the Bills were hot. Bills. I mean, the Bengals were hot, but it just seems like, yo, the Chiefs coming off their Bills win, well, some may argue that they should have lost. It's just like, seems like they keep pulling out all the stops. And so for me, and not picking the Bills, it wasn't because of a lack of respect for them. It's just like, hey, y'all ought to be respected. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And once you beat the man, all due respect shall come forth. And so I just think it was a more so, hey, like, shows you could do it and we'll rock with you. But we can't really disrespect the Chiefs and what they've been able to do uh, thus far throughout the season or in the playoffs thus far. Well, oh, yeah, what happened to the Chiefs? What happened What happened to the Chiefs? Uh,
2: well, your first question was, uh, did the uh, Chiefs lose this game with the Bengals win? Uh, I would say the Chiefs lost this game. Uh, I mean, uh, the, the Bengals, like Tom Brady, were uh, opportunistic and took the opportunity when it, when it was presented to them, uh, unlike the uh, 49ers, uh, which we'll talk about. Uh, but um, the Chiefs... Uh, the, the Chiefs lost it. They they lost the game when they had the ball uh, on the one yard line with a few seconds left in the half, and uh, second
0: second and goal, ball inside the five.
2: Yes, uh, and instead of making sure that hey, we'll take a shot in the end zone uh, to you know go uh, try to go up another touchdown. And make sure we leave ourselves, uh, you know, time to uh, to kick a field goal if we don't make it. Um, you know, throw it behind the line of scrimmage, throw it short of the end zone, and uh, and they get no points there, right? Um, then um,
0: go into the half only up twenty-one ten when it could have been, yeah, been
2: 24-10. Yeah, it could have been twenty-four ten, and uh, and uh, I think the did the Bengals get the ball coming out after that. I don't remember. I can't, I can't even remember. I can't remember. But from there, though, from there, it was just – it was a nice little climb for the Bengals after that. Oh, hey. Hey, we're, we're good to go now. And so, uh, you know, the Bengals just made their climb. You get uh, a pick uh, by uh, by Patrick Mahomes, right, which is a great play by the defensive lineman. Uh, but then after that, Mahomes, you know, he went back to midseason Mahomes, right? Uh, he, he was not playoff Mahomes that he had been, you know, the past couple weeks. Uh, he went back to men's season Mahomes that I've been talking about on the podcast and oh, oh, this is Mahomes, what are we talking about? Hey, he has his moments and he went back to looking like a regular human back there. And what happened? He ended up throwing two picks, uh, even with a chance to win the game. Um, and, uh, and the Bengals were able to capitalize on it. And so, uh, so they lost it there. And then the second place where they lost it was Andy Reid and or Eric Bien-Aimé, whoever decided when the when the Chiefs had the ball, second and goal on the four, I think it was, uh, with uh, like twenty seconds, 39, 39 seconds left to go, right? Instead of running the ball, hey, let's run the ball, get it to the one, okay. And then let's try to score with as little time left, score a touchdown with as little time left as possible. Give our chance, give ourselves a chance to win this thing so that what happened last week to us does not happen. What, what we did last week to a team that, that scored late uh, does not happen to us, right? Let's make sure we do that, right? But give ourselves a chance to win it, right? So instead of running the ball, they decide to try to throw it and try to score on that play, end up getting sacked. Uh, Mahomes gets sacked again the second time. Uh, and then they they end up uh, uh, tying the game, right? Uh, they didn't they didn't go back and look at, hey, what did the Bengals do to us to make sure that they beat us when we should have killed them last time we were at their place? Oh, the Bengals did everything they could to make sure they got as close to the end zone as possible with as little time as possible to try to score on the last play and win on the last play, and they end up beating us. We didn't learn from that. No, hey, it's it's uh, second and goal from the four or 39 seconds. Let's try to score right now.
3: They wouldn't
2: have to take the field goal. Yep, ended up getting a sack. Right, instead of trying to run the ball, hey, let's run the ball. Let's come up one of these great little. Uh, they could have even did their little. Uh, you know, uh, roll roll to the right shovel deal. Until, until they did, they tried that. Not, not on that play. No, no, no. Try it oh, this one. Yeah, okay, I
0: know they tried. I think maybe that was on the
2: halftime. Um, on the uh, but they could have did time. that uh, and said, "Hey, just get as close as possible without scoring." Right, something, anything. Just get, hey, just into a little bit closer. Don't score. We have timeouts. They don't. And they messed that up. That's on Andy uh, Reid, whoever called that, that's on them. And, uh, you know, so they should have won it in regulation. Um, they didn't. And then Holmes decides to throw a pick, uh, you know, in overtime. So all that all, all for over, overturning the, the overtime rules.
3: Yeah, I say the Chiefs lost, too. Yeah, nah. Um, In my opinion, you know, they went up 21-3. You're supposed to win that. And Arrowhead, you, you, you got to win that game. But, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like Christian said, they gave the Bengals opportunities. They capitalized on defense. And Joe Burrow going to get his. And that's what ended up happening to him in the end. Uh, yeah, man, so...
0: For a visual perspective, uh, they go down 24 21, fourth quarter, they get the ball with 604 left. March all the way up the field, ball on the four yard line with 128 left, and they end up having to kick a 44 yard field goal attempt because one play by McKinnon that, that, that was to no avail. Like Christian said, just keep running it, take your time. No, they go for a pass play. Patrick Mahomes Patrick sack, ball on the nine-yard line, third and goal. And he ends up with the strip, strip sack. Luckily, they recovered it. And ball ended up on 26th, uh, having to kick a 44-yard field goal attempt. Um, so, and I guess maybe this still is Andy Reid's fault. Um. Because I was just, like, in that situation, I'm just, like, at least at halftime, I'm just, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I low-key, like, I was, like, well, best game, you know, like, after halftime, I was, like, I think they scored again, maybe early The Venus, and I was, like, no, nah, let me respect the game and see this through. But at halftime, right, had you had you took those three points, right, you win by three, having to kick another field goal. Yeah, ma-
2: mathematically,
0: yeah. Yeah, mathematically. And so, um, so, but this is what I heard. I don't know if it's true, but in the grapevine, like Patrick Mahomes talked Andy Reid into going forward. Now, if that's the case, you feel however you feel about that. And I, I know you say, Christian, you're like, yo, that's on the coach. But I just also feel like that's – Bad sense of awareness um, or overcoming bad coaching, if you would, in that moment by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I don't know if they were just like being too cocky that's and feeling fine, like Yo.
2: that's fine to go for it. They still would have had time if they would have t- if if Andy Reid would have said, "Okay, hey, we have enough time. We can take one shot to the end zone." True, true. One shot to the end zone, so that if we don't make it, we can. Uh, uh, we can keep the field goal, right?
0: You even really feel like that was the play, like to just throw it out to
2: Tyree to the flats and just I, be I like, I have no idea what the play was. I, I have. but that's what
0: I'm just saying. In that moment, like, I want to put that on Patrick Mahomes, be like, bro, you gotta like, know, like that's not a good. I don't, and I don't even think that's recency or outcome bias. I just like, bro, like what's going or Tyree, you caught that. There's nothing there. Run out of bounds.
2: One second left. Let's get a field goal and yeah, get yeah, on. Yeah, that's you know that. When it, when it comes to, to situational stuff inside the game, right, it has to get laid on the coaches. That is, that is the one place where uh, good coaching comes out, right, is if you're able to master the situations, right? And uh, th- that just, Andy Reid has had a history of this. He's had a history of messing up situations. This is why. It took him forever to to get a Super Bowl win, right? It's because even though he'll have these great teams in the playoffs, he'll always figure out a way to mess up a situation. And uh, here we go again, right? So, um, you know, I don't know. Everybody should have been alert. Hey, if we can't, uh, if if, hey, Patrick, don't get sacked. If if you're throwing the ball, throw the ball either either throw it away throw it in the end zone, our guy can get it. If for some reason you throw it short, we have to score or get out of bounds. There's not enough time to run a second play. Everybody yeah. needs to know that. And, uh, and and they didn't. And so, you know. So that's- and that,
0: <laughs> in that fourth quarter, right, still talking about coaching situational. it's over time, we got to dial it up. In that fourth quarter, do you do y'all do y'all put that on the play calling or do y'all put that on Patrick Mahomes because i don't i don't remember at what point i text this and i don't know if y'all remember but i was just like they living and dying by the home run play it didn't seem like anything was like to be set up or to like just the slow grind it's just like everything seemed like it was like a home run for the gusto. though like let's go for the big play and it's just like like what's going on cuz uh, the first two plays right in overtime, they get the ball first in overtime. He overthrows it to Robinson. Then look like he was being pressured from the pocket. Then he goes back to Robertson. Uh, Robinson. That almost got picked off. I don't know if that was a bad route ran by Robinson or a bad pass by Mahomes. And bad throw. Bad throw, right? That almost gets picked off. And now you at uh you you had a third and ten. And it's just like, and I want to say Robinson was open on, on the on the end route. One could argue he was open, but it seemed like from the, like, soon as Mahomes said "Hood," it's, I don't, I don't feel like he surveyed the field at all. I feel like he made up his mind. He was going deep regardless. And that was to heal. And it's just like, now you want to look to heal or whatever. I don't even think that was outcome of recency bias. And just like, bro, why did you like throw that? And again, I felt like that was living and dying by the home run play. It's just like, you could have scrambled or, hey, I'm going to put the ball, I'm going to throw it away and try to scramble. Or at least at bare minimum, not turn it over and just have to punt. It. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not sure with the overtime rules. I'm not sure had they punted it with the bing- – and if the Bengals kicked a field goal, would they have gotten a chance to get another field goal or no? No, 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 no. It would
2: have been done. It would have been okay, done. Okay, okay.
0: Because you have to the score bad. on your first possession. Okay, I got you.
2: Okay, yeah. As long as the Bengals. But, uh, but yeah, but
0: uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, talking about playing bad halves. First half of the game, Patrick Mahomes – 220 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 150 passer rating, zero sacks. 220 yards passing, three touchdowns, 150 passer rating. Second half including overtime, 55 yards passing, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, a 12.3% passer rating, and sacked four times. So that is the light and darkness of the first half compared to the second half, including overtime of Patrick Mahomes' game. Um, yeah, overtime coaching or player who who, who takes the, the bulk of the weight?
2: Uh, I, I would say I would say the player there. I, I think Mahomes. Uh, uh, I mean because yeah, I mean the first throw to uh Robinson, he was open. Uh, the second throw, he wasn't. But it, I mean. There, there goes Eli Apple with another drop, uh, drop pick. Um, uh, you know, so, uh, uh, and then actually the, the Tyree kill throw, I actually don't think that was a bad one. I thought, I think that was just a great play by Jesse Bates. Um, you know, coming through strong, uh, you know, second playoff game in a row. Uh, I think that was just a great play by him. Uh, so uh, I wouldn't necessarily fault Mahomes on, on that pick. Uh, you know, I mean, you, you, if you get Tyreek, you know, hey, you get Tyreek one, one-on-one with a safety down the field, you know, uh, it, their history has said, hey, always throw that one. Give him a chance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, but Jesse, Jesse basically got the better of him on, on that one. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I don't really fought him for, for, the, for that pick. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, you know. Hey, su- su- superhuman Mahomes
1: would have got it done and he
2: didn't. <laughs> superhuman
1: Mahomes? <laughs> it was not to be a human man. It sounds, it sounds like, uh, to me it sounds like, just like I said Uh, I believe at the beginning of the podcast, it sounds like the Golden State Warrior way of playing the sport, which is to mentally defeat your team with amazing plays. That's what Golden State technically does in the NBA. They, Hit threes and screens and passing, and then mentally destroy you. And that's what the Chiefs were trying to do throughout, you know, that, that's been their, their game plan mentally destroy you. You got Kelsey, and then you got Tyreek Hill, the fastest receiver in the NFL. You know, then you got supporting Cass, who all just flow with it. And it's like, that's the way they play. And with that being said, they kept trying to shoot those long ball threes and, and, and a sense of the long uh, throws. And it was, and it was, uh, it was one of things where it was just, like, it was too much. It it, it, it didn't work this time. Uh, it just didn't fall. <laughs> it didn't fall into it the hands of the receivers, and it didn't work. Playing and was, the team they played against knew it was going to come. They respected it, and they made sure
3: it didn't happen. Yeah, it was almost like the Bengals let them do whatever they wanted to do just to get used to it. Like, oh, okay, okay, that's what y'all doing. Oh, okay, that's what y'all do. I bet y'all went up 21-3, and y'all let us go that touchdown before the half. Y'all done. Yeah, that now we we know what y'all what y'all coming with y'all not gonna be able to stop this young man though. Yeah, not easily
1: intimidated. Yeah,
2: and then uh, so he
1: honestly beat you mentally most games
2: in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and then, as far as uh, you know, if he didn't throw that pick, uh, you know they 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 would have had a chance to try to flip the field position to to put the Bengals in, in a worse spot. Uh, but the Bengals they got the ball back at like the forty five. They only had to go, like, 20 yards to get into field goal range. Uh, Which, uh, Zach Taylor on the other side almost messed that up. Hey,
0: man, watch how you talk about Zach Taylor, man.
2: (laughs) I mean, hey, look, the players love him. The players love him. The reason why I've been fading the Bengals all year is because of my lack of respect for Zach Taylor or my, you know, I'm not a believer in Zach Taylor, right? The players are. But, man, I mean – how many times are you gonna hand the ball off and put it in harm's way before you keep the field goal? I mean, goodness gracious! You got, you got, you got a kid. You got a kid on the sidelines that y'all drafted in the fifth round, who is known for being the most confident person on the planet. Who said last week before he even went on the field, "Oh well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game." The whole, the whole thing's on him. Hey, we made this kid. We're going. Hey, I guess we're going. McPherson. As soon as soon as the as soon as they got the pick, he was like, "Oh, I guess we're going to Super Bowl." <laughs> let's give it to the thirty-five coach.
0: McPherson,
2: man, uh, okay, hey, let's run Mixon seven times just in case. You know, we want to try to see if he might fumble it once. You know, uh, and it's like, guys, dog, bro. So, All them shooters.
0: Yeah, man! Shout out to McPherson. Uh, shout out to the. Book. Shout out to that boy, uh, Ralph too. Uh, that's a uh, alumni McPherson from Florida. Yeah, from Florida. But, uh, yeah, Florida. man! Shout out Ralph, man. Uh, yeah. yeah hey,
3: can man. we get some flowers right now?
1: Real quick. Podcast. Okay, so I want get some That was a rhetorical question. Thank you very much. I'm um, gonna <laughs> <laughs> give flowers to Coach Johnson for saying that Joe Burrow had the uh, ability to be mm-hmm. a top. Of it. My brother, uh, I was recognized at the beginning, maybe the fourth week. And it could have been some truth to that, and uh, I definitely put some respect on that. Thank you, so. sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I've been thinking about that lately. I'm like, this dude kind of caught this a whole year um, ago. Yeah.
2: yeah, it was. It was actually uh, the uh, second week of the season last year. I remember it. I was versus after they played the Browns. I was like, oh, this this guy. Okay. Uh but uh yeah, so I I think it was enough for, for those who are watching, it was enough to pay attention and hey, wait a second. These two these two last two games they played, they were in the game because of this guy. The team sucked. The only reason they're even in the game, he not, he he's playing terrible, but the only reason in the game is because of him. How, how do you ask a rookie on his second game to throw the ball 60 times? Oh. You got to have
0: something there. So, uh, hey. yeah. <laughs> Joey Craig, man. Shout out to Joey Craig.
2: Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hey, shout, shout out uh, to, to, the, uh, to the GM, too, of the Bengals. Uh, I, I forgot to do his name. But, hey, man, he put he put together a uh, defense on that side of the ball. Though. Uh, he spent a lot of money on, on defense the past couple of years, the past off seasons. And uh, that's what
0: predominantly correct me if I'm wrong. I think majority of the guys that's getting burned is like predominantly draft picks, huh?
2: That's getting
0: burnt, but like playtime, getting burned, like on the field.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, their two biggest stars are on are, are rookie deals, right? So, your quarterback, Joe Burrow, and then uh, uh Jamar Chase, Mont. right. So they're they're they are relatively very very inexpensive for them. They're getting a lot of production out of those guys. So because they're getting a lot of production out of those guys, they're able to spend money on veterans in other places, right? They spend a lot of money on uh, defensive backs and uh, edge rushers uh, and in the D line, uh, and so they put together a unit a unit on on that defense. Definitely not the best in the league, but it is. It is definitely adequate uh, for, for – I mean, obviously, they're in the Super Bowl, but um, shout-out to him, man, for, for putting that together and um, and utilizing uh, having, having a top-five quarterback on a cheap deal. So, um, you might see, hey, the Bengals might be – you know, this might not be a fluke. Now, it depends on Zach, on Zach Taylor, but this might not be – might not be a fluke.
0: Uh, all righty. All
2: righty. Uh, so uh... – yeah.
0: 49ers and Rams. Uh, I gave him praise last week. Uh, obviously, it's fine to just troll him anyhow. Um, I gave him respect last week, but if he gave up a 28 to three lead in the Super Bowl, we knew he was susceptible to giving up a lead, being up ten going into the fourth.
2: Oh yeah, I mean the, the giving up the lead. I'm not. I'm that that that. I'm not. I'm not worried about there. Uh, but. I know, you know, we talk about our, our group text there. I know you guys saw me. I was oh, relevant to hey. Kyle. I was like, hey. And, you know, talk, talk about some coaches messing some things up when it's being carried by the team. Uh, Sean, Sean McVeigh and Kyle Shanahan were both like, hey, you win, bud. No, you win. No, you win. <laughs> no, you win. I want you to win. No, hey, I want you to win. I mean, both of these guys just tried to tried their best to give the game away. Uh, for some reason, Kyle Shanahan said, "Hey, look, you know what? I've been saying in the media all week how much Jimmy J- Jimmy Garoppolo means to the team, and because of that, I'm going to show my faith. And that every time we have a first and ten, I'm going to run the ball. <laughs> Even though they're stacking the box on me and we're not getting anything, I'm going to run it. Even though our biggest plays have been either play action." Summing up the scene or a you know, I'm a, just gonna on first down. Hey, we're gonna come out and we're gonna run outside zone because that's what worked in 98 with my dad with the Broncos. We're gonna run outside zone every freaking time is first and ten because that's what that's what we do, and we're gonna be the more physical team. And here we go. And you put Jimmy G in bad situations and 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 before the, you know, before the last, like, five minutes of the of the, uh, of the game, Jimmy G was, hey, he was getting it done. But it's like, you know, the one time he pulls out of play action on first and 10, they get a huge play to uh, – he was either Ayuk I- or Jennings for, like, 40 yeah. yards. And then he still had to I punt. Yeah, it's iuke And then they, they still have to punt. And then even then – Sean McVay gives you gives you uh, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Hey, it's fourth and two. Uh, they're going to punt it back to him. They shouldn't punt it right here, but they're going to punt it back to him. Hey, you know what? Let me let me go challenge this real quick. He was up my last time out. I was like, yo, what is going because on? Because I think again? he fumbled it. And so instead of me getting it on the, on the 20, I can get it on the 45. With, with seven minutes left to go, and I can win the game with 20 yards, you know. Now, oh, hey, you know what? We have the TV timeout now. They're looking at things. I have two minutes now to come up with my best play to make sure I can keep the ball and and really run this thing out. Fourth and two, my best play. Let's let's have it. What are we going to do? Hey, I know, guys. Here we go. Here. Hey. They're, they're NFL guys on that end, right? We're at their stadium. Even though we may have more fans, we're still at their stadium. They get paid to play too. Guess what we're going to do, guys? Offside. Oh, the jump. Yeah, we're going to try to get them offside. That'll get them. <laughs> this was the worst game that I have ever seen from Kyle Shanahan. Y'all know Kyle is my boy. I, You know, if I ever got to meet Kyle, I, w- I would shake his hand and try to get some of that osmosis into me. Of his offensive genius, but for some reason uh, he just did not have it. He didn't have it that day. I don't know if he was just brain farting all over the place. Him and McVay were both just brain farting all over the place. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so uh, hey, shout, shout out to Matthew Stafford, man, for getting it done. Shout out to Odell for bowling. Right. Yep. All this. Oh, Odell's done. Odell's done. Da da da. Right. Hey, I have no idea what happened in Cleveland. Right. There's a lot of blame to go around. But since he's been there, been balling, has balled out on a on a huge stage, all playoffs. Um, and uh, you know, so I'm I'm glad to see his success. Uh I want I want to see him get back into the conversation for being one of the top because he was in the league. And so uh yeah. Yeah, shout out to the to uh, shout out to Raheem Moore, uh Raheem uh, Morris coming up with a great game plan. I thought he and and uh, D'Amico Ryan both had a great game plans on defense, uh, but you know, I don't know, Kyle, Kyle and Sean, well, they were just trying to give it away. So
0: yeah, man, uh, that that um, to- at the end towards the end of the stretch, man, I was, it was a couple times I'm just like, and where is Depot at?
2: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Only boy. time I'm going to use them. Hey, only time I'm going to stick them in the backfield and try to run outside zone. That's what we're to do. That's what we're going to do, boys.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, so, man, now there you have it, man. Uh, need nobody on this podcast even pick them to win or uh, make it to the playoffs. And here they are in the Super Bowl. And that being the Cincinnati Bengals, they're in the Super Bowl going up against the Los Angeles Rams. Um yeah, man. So um, try to do some homework, man, and see who I uh, see who I want to ride with in the Super Bowl. We're not doing
3: picks. Oh, we got next week. Yeah. We got we got next I'm
2: week. I'm not gonna have a pick, man. I, I think both of these teams are flawed. And, you know, it's gonna be I think, think we all gonna be disappointed in the game. It's gonna be one of these where we look back like do either one of these teams want to win? You know, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not excited about this Super Bowl uh, at all. Uh, but uh, congrats to the teams that, that are there. Uh, but, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe Joe Gore. I don't know, man.
0: No, <laughs> nah, man, I definitely wanted to. I was rooting for the Chiefs. Based simply just because I want to see Patrick Mahomes go up against the Los, uh, Los Angeles Rams defense. Uh, but I mean, hey, you got you got a battle in Jamar going up against Ramsey. Um, obviously, people say, hey, you know, the Rams their their defensive line is ferocious. But I mean, shoot, Joe Burrow took nine sacks and didn't flinch, kept you know kept the trick. I don't know if that was this game or the last game. I can't remember.
3: If that was
2: the Rams, are, man, yeah. the Rams are definitely a better defense than the Titans are, um, so I think that uh, uh, you know if, if there's going to be another nine sack game, uh, I think that the Rams will be able to take advantage of it a lot. Take better.
0: advantage, yeah. We'll, man, we'll see, man. I don't I, I don't, I don't know yet, man. I don't, I don't know. I think I'm more of an offensive yeah. guy, so I think sometimes it's a little. I think I give a little bit of stocks uh over to the offense a lot of times. Uh, but uh but yeah man, I don't know. I'm I, I do not know yet. I don't know. Joey Crack or, or the LA Rams. I don't know. Right. It's low-key hard. Pause.
2: It's difficult.
3: <laughs> it's a difficult decision. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh I'm trying to figure out what's the what's the total in this game? 48 and a half.
0: Yeah. I think they had the Bengals, they're like plus four favorites.
3: Yeah, they're the underdogs. What? No,
0: favorites? No. Like the day after the – uh, the day after the, the – Sunday, this past Sunday, they had the Bengals like plus four favorites.
2: No, so so when it's plus four, Edward, that means – They're getting it's it's the points. Plus. They're getting points. So that means they're the underdogs. They oh, that means –
0: okay, okay, okay. My bad. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, yeah. So right now it's on, on pinnacle –
3: Four and a half.
2: Uh, it's it's four and a half right now. Uh, So, uh, yeah, man, you know. I think I might like that under in the game, under 48 and a half. I might like that.
3: I like it. I ain't going to lie. That's something to bet on, especially if he win. Yeah.
2: Let me, let me look at PFF. Yeah,
3: bro, I'm going to wait to tell you because I'm, I'm – I'ma wait. It's really, <laughs> really something to think about, man. i am going wait. And 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 i am going wait. Uh, yeah. I don't wanna I
2: don't wanna dive into it. I uh, see it opened it opened at forty nine and then it got back down to forty forty eight and a half. Yeah, see. And yeah, the rest of the market likes it. PFF Green Line though PFF's uh, betting tool. Uh, no, we don't have a partnership with PFF. But if anybody wants to get the elite package, uh, there, I want to shell out a uh, hundred bucks a year. Like I just had to <laughs> automatic withdrawal. Uh, PFF Green Line have to look at little betting model. They they like the over, and they see value in the over a little bit. Hmm.
3: Uh,
2: and then they see they see value on the uh, on the Bengals right now at four and a half. And the spread and uh and the money line. You see a little bit of value on the money line. Yeah,
3: guy. I'll take that. I'll take that, I'll take both of those. So. yo, uh speaking of betting, a dude
0: cleared over half a meal off a twenty dollar bet, I believe.
1: yeah, 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 yeah the
0: score. Picking, yeah. Yeah, uh, the, the picking of both the correct winner and score. Uh, so yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> life must be nice for that guy right now. Yeah. But no, nah, man, uh that concludes this week's episode. Thank you, beautiful people, for tuning in yet again for another week of great conversation. Um, not sleeping on the NBA. We got the All-Star break coming up here pretty soon, and uh, that'll coincide with the uh, football being pretty much uh, over with, but then we'll have to get into the NFL draft. But uh, definitely a lot of basketball coming your way as we uh, cross over to the second half of the NBA season. Um, thank you, man. Uh, make sure y'all follow all of us. Make sure you follow our Instagram respect the game pod and or respect the game podcast account. And, uh, yeah, man, there'll be more accounts that come up in the near future for y'all to follow. And, uh, yeah, man, stay up on us. Love you, beautiful people. As always, we do not take you listening for granted in no way, shape, form, or fashion. That's why we
1: maintain our consistency and uh, putting out these episodes and talking with y'all. See y'all next week.